You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper, along with my cohort in crime, Cliffy D. Very weird seeing pictures of you in the upper deck. How dare you not be near me and my seats for a preseason game? <laughs> I apologize. I, you know, I just like to see how the other half lives, so to speak. <laughs> and let's face it, uh, during training camp, we weren't even allowed to sit in our seats, so I'm, I've been kind of mixed up as far as uh, seating arrangements go at Percival Molson for all of 2018, if you can say that. <laughs> well, you also had your significant other with you, too. So it's second. I get it. I get it. It's, I was still surprised it was 12,000 people that were announced. It didn't really did not look like it at all. Um, no, especially just before kickoff, too. It was really, mm-hmm. uh, Such yeah. Such a gorgeous day, too. But, I mean, it's, you know, g- you know, give it what it is. I mean, they had, you know, it was, it was great. And it was Grand Prix weekend. Yeah, Grand Prix weekend, which for the, I think this is probably the first time ever where a preseason game has been scheduled during Grand Prix weekend. So this is definitely uncharted territory for the Alouettes and, and even the people of Montreal, too, because even if people wanted to check out the game, they probably couldn't because, again, Grand Prix is such a huge event and really does take over the city that I I think if people were forced to choose, and I'm sure a lot of them were, yeah, they're yeah. like, well, do I go see uh, like perhaps one of the biggest sporting events in all of Montreal throughout the year, or do I go see what's essentially a exhibition game at Percival Molson? So, what do you mean? I, uh, what do you mean? Essentially, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess the I guess the one positive thing is that hey, at least we didn't have a, a, a supermodel wave the the checkered flag early. And I'll tell you what. For all these people that say Johnny Manziel sells tickets, well, guess what? Johnny Manziel was there this past Saturday, and guess what? Only 12,000 fans showed up, so you can take that narrative and stick it somewhere else. Yeah, well, it's again, as you said, it's preseason. It's preseason. <laughs> so let's yes, yeah, so that was said with tongue firmly planted in cheek. Yeah, yeah, biting, biting hard down on tongue. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and let's talk about the two preseason games because I don't know if they, it was really concerning or not. Um, that the Owls really didn't score that many points during the preseason. I mean, when you look at some of the other teams and how many points that they did score, uh, I mean, some some did tail off. I mean, Saskatchewan did well one week, and then they totally tanked this past week. I mean, do you think it's just a matter of uh, of the of the system that the Owls are trying to get used to? Obviously, yes, they're trying to look at other players, and, and you know, there's no ratio. You don't have to worry about it. You can play who you want to play when you want to play them. And you don't have to necessarily keep all your starters that you know you're going to that are going to st- that are going to start. What um, uh, what what was your takeaway from offense f- within the preseason itself? I mean, after the game two, we did find out that both Matt Schiltz and Antonio Pipkin had some injuries, and as we'll talk about a little bit later too, we just found out that Schiltz will be out for a little while, little while longer for whatever the reason is. We don't know the full extent of the injury, but what, what's your thought on and your takeaway from from offense? Honestly, I think that Kahari Jones is trying to establish something here, and you're not going to be able to do it in two preseason games, and he's not going to show all of his cards in those two preseason games as well. So I kind of get – I would say any – Football team is very going to be very reluctant to show all of their cards, so to speak. And at the same time, though, you want to start establishing that rhythm. You want to start seeing who is going to click in your offense. Right. So that's why you may not have seen a whole lot of Drew Willie initially during that first game versus Ottawa, which makes sense. And he did okay, whereas he got a lot more playing time, pretty much playing essentially the entire first half of the uh, game against Hamilton, mm-hmm. and still looked okay not fantastic not terrible he looked like drew willie and you can take that for however you want but uh, i mean i've said this before and i'll say it again with drew willie what you see is what you get he's not going to cost you games necessarily but he's also not going to wow you either he is a very serviceable player and that's not necessarily a bad thing but 
again, I, I have to say that uh, this will not be the long-term solution for the Alouettes as far as quarterback goes. But as far as someone as a, a caretaker quarterback, if you will, right. then I, I think that will work fine. As far as uh, all the others go, offense – there's the potential is there. You definitely see there's some good weapons there. Uh, Tyrell Sutton, I think, is already in mid mid season form. He just looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, receivers, it's going to take some time for them to, to click. And it, now that they know that Drew Willie is essentially going to be the starter for the time being, my hope is that they're going to start establishing that rhythm with Willie and see if we can make some plays happen there. I I'm curious to see now that the season now that games actually count that the season's underway. I'm really curious now to see how Drew Lee is going to connect with his receivers. Just how much is Tyrell Sutton going to be used in this offense? Yeah. There's there's a lot of questions here that still aren't quite answered, but I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I mean, we are going to be. I mean, it's basically Christmas Day for us starting starting this week because we do not know what to expect, which can be a good thing, can be a bad thing. We just, you know, is is the offense that that we're going to receive. Um, are we going to get one of those infamous packages where batteries, you know, batteries are still needed, <laughs> you know, or will it be, you know, will it be like the Energizer Bunny and uh, it'll be ready to go right out of the box? Uh-huh. It's, it's so many variables. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I mean, yes, I understand it is preseason, but um, and I know the the Owls are trying a lot of different things. Again. A lot of unknowns because when it comes to Mark Treston, we didn't know what Mark Treston was going to give us. And and in this case, we do not know what, you know, what the current coaching staff is going to be giving us in this situation. Um, I, I think what's funny, Cliff, is that, you know, we're looking specifically at, at the quarterbacks and, and the offense and stuff like that. Um, I think B.J. Cunningham, he was banged up for, for the second game, so he didn't play. Uh, and But when you look at the defense, though— out of everything that we saw, the defense looked absolutely amazing, considering the turmoil that we had with the change in coaches just early, early in the in the preseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the defense looked absolutely. Uh, do I dare say midseason form? I think that's fair. I, I think that uh, you're absolutely right. I, I think this defense. That whatever Rich Stubler is selling, they're buying, and it, you see it right away. I, I agree with you. They were very, I don't want to say dominant, but they definitely were clicking. Mm-hmm. I would say it was like a, a well-oiled machine. Everything was just sort of falling into place nicely and very impressive. Uh, two words, Hinoch Muwamba. Yes. He was all over the field. He was laying down the lumber and uh, just absolutely fantastic. Again, this was a very shrewd move to be able to get this guy, and it's paying off. And you can tell that he wants to be a leader in the linebacking core and pretty much for the entire defense. So this bodes very well for Alouette's nation. Yeah, considering you when know, you usually get into a season, and especially coming out of the preseason, and needing to have a scorecard to keep track of everybody, uh, all the changes that you've made during the offseason, sometimes you may just consider being just a little bit down. But in this case, I think it's completely different. Sure, we're going to have to learn a lot of new names, a lot of new numbers, but... These guys come with the references. They come with experience. You know, Cavis Reed did what he needed to do to improve this team. Now, it's just just a matter of what, Cliff, what it's going to have to be done and how it's going to show starting this Saturday, obviously in a place where the Alouettes have had one horrible history. Yes. Not the kindest. Uh, BC Place has not been the kindest place to the, the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, in fact, the entire yeah the oh Empire the, Field. Where are you? We loved you for that one game. <laughs> for that one game, <laughs> since the year two thousand, the Alouettes have only won twice out in BC at BC Place, and well, no, actually one time at BC Place and one time, at, like you said, at Empire Field. So, yeah. Uh, no matter who's the quarterback, no matter who the coach is, no matter who's playing, uh, whether it's a daytime game, a night game, a Saturday, Sunday, Friday night, you name it, the Alouettes will find a way to not win that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, will that will will that streak continue? Will that uh, or will something change? It's it's so hard to say right now because BC two is in a bit of a a bit of a flux as well because they've. Even though they're a little bit more established, uh, they got a lot more established players that have been there for a while. Uh, 
they got Wally Buono as their head coach. So, I mean, you know what you're going to get with him. Yeah. Uh, but again, there's still a lot of uncertainties for the Lions as well. So it'd be really interesting to see just how they come out and will their fans come out too, because they've, they too have, uh, like Montreal, having a hard time putting butts in the seats. So I'm really curious to see how they're going to react and how their fans are going to come out for this team. I mean, it's, uh, you know, really, the, all, I've seen different things where the Owls have been projected to, to go this, they've been projected to go that. I know, I think you so far have had the, the I think you said, if people don't know, we'll talk about it a little bit later, how many wins that the that the Owls will get this season. It's it, it It's a... People don't like using the word rebuilding. It's just that you know, you know, Drew Willie is the, you know, what is he? The third, he is the thirteenth starting quarterback for the Owls since AC went down and left and retired. Things have to change, and we're hoping that with the changes, with all everything that's been done this past off season, we'll, we will start anew again. You know, this isn't. As much as we want, Cliff, this is not this is not the 1996 team or 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 a a, a shadow of itself of the 19 of the 1995 team. Sorry, that came to Montreal in 1996. That was you know already established. This is you know this this is the new thing, and and it's and it's and it struggles struggles struggle. I mean, I don't know what else. I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know what else to, how to how to project it without just continuously saying the exact same thing over and over again mm-hmm. no it's uh it's gonna be a, a new dawn for the alouettes and for alouettes nation um i said i'm personally excited to see where things are gonna go because after a 3 and 15 season last year i really don't think things can get worse i mean yes statistically they can but i'm willing to believe that things are going to get better this year i still maintain my belief in that and it, it all starts on Saturday. That's all there is to it. Like Montreal does have to show up and show out, quite frankly, against the BC Lions. They, they've got to really set the tone. Nobody's giving this team a snowball's chance in hell. They haven't for the past couple of years. And I would just like them to just surprise a few folks. Like really turn some heads. Just If you're going to lose, at least lose in spectacular fashion. Exactly, and exactly. Yes. At least come out fighting, if nothing else. I, I, I want to see some heart on this team. I want to see players that are ready to step up and get noticed. Even in a losing effort, I want to see I want to see players stepping up and making stuff happen. I want to see them make news. And I want people to sit up and say, oh, wow, okay, well, well all right, here we go. These are the Alouettes. This, these are not the uh, the pushovers that we thought they were going to be. Yeah, so, 60 minutes. It's, it's, it's all that we can really ask for is 60 minutes of football. Because Absolutely. because we were not getting sixty minutes of football last year, at least from a fan's point of view, it didn't seem like it. It's just that something clicked. One one uh, one something else didn't. Mm-hmm. Too too much uncertainty. And I know that I don't know. You and I have spoken to many of the many of the of the, of the players. They 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 state openly some they they don't feel that way. But it's yeah, it's brand new beginning. You know. A whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Disney, <laughs> so so many so many songs from that so many songs from that to, from that movie we could use for this year. I swear, never had a friend, <laughs> never had a friend like me. <laughs> oh man, it's like, it's like yeah, it's like we're the street rat. Anybody knows what I'm talking? I'm talking about Aladdin. Please, people, don't tell me you don't know what I'm talking about. Hey, this is Steve Daniel of the Canadian Football League, head statistician. You are listening to the Alouettes Flight Deck. And on the line with us now, hey, what better way to find out about the Montreal Alouettes and what's hopefully we're going to, some positive stuff we're going to see in 2018, the general manager himself, Mr. Cavis Reed. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me on, guys. Talk about the, you've had one heck of a of a, of a off-season, uh, Cavis, and... I guess I try to try to sum up <laughs> as easily as you can how hectic this off season was for you. You know, it really wasn't that hectic. It was more of uh, making certain pieces fell into place. Uh, starting last year, there are certain targets that we had uh, based on what was going to be projected in free agency. Uh, Jamal Westerman being one, uh, we knew that Tommy Campbell would be a, a free agent. Uh, and those were two guys that we started targeting back then. So 
it was more about making certain that you were able to get those pieces. And then when guys like Hinat Moamba unexpectedly became available, uh, adjusting to make certain that you're able to accommodate that kind of a player uh, really was kind of uh, not the challenge, but uh, the adjustment you had to make in the plan. But uh, we're very pleased with the, the roster we've set forward with and uh, most importantly pleased with what was uh, deemed to be a deficiency last year committing content and depth. Uh, we really feel that we've addressed that. Now, I don't know if you've ever gone through or if you'd rather call, you know, if you would call what we did, what's happened with the Isles roster as a rebuilding um, or whatnot, but uh, in your, you know, your long history within the CFL, is it easy to go through this type of roster change, or I don't say turnover, but change as much as the Alwitz have done and the uncertainty that the team has gone through for the past couple of years? No, it's it's, uh, not easy to do, but uh, you have to have a strategy. And the strategy has always been where, uh, when I've been in a decision-making role, is to make certain the Canadian content is strong. Uh, 21 nationals dress every football game. And when you have strong national content, it gives you an opportunity to win football games. And uh, through the draft, as I said, when I first took the job, through the draft and smartly through free agency, I think that uh, you build and address your national content. The, the international, uh, you have a bigger talent pool to choose from. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's not really that difficult to retool a roster uh, when you have that uh, strategy in mind. So, I, so from what I'm saying, you don't like, it sounds like you don't like using the word rebuilding. Rather, you'd rather use retooling. Is that am I am I right in saying that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you know, it's a process when you're you're reorganizing a roster, and, and more importantly, uh, reorganizing a culture. And, uh, and you're going to be the bad guy because you're going to be the person that's making decision on names that are very familiar to people, and that's uh, the ebb and flow of football. I mean, yeah. historically, there are a number of big names that don't finish with the teams that they play with, but uh, it's hard sometimes to explain that kind of process when familiarity is taken away from people. Well, it, actually, that brings me to a point I was going to ask, and I, uh, Cliff, I know had some questions too. Is what? What can you say to all those Alouette Monday morning quarterbacks who who continuously have their, you know, what their opinions are on what the team should do? They should be doing this, get this person, get that person. What is the one thing that fans and that you'd like to tell fans that they that they need to understand from an operations point of view? Yeah, you know, uh, I always uh you know, if I'm going to go into surgery, I'm not going to tell the, the surgeon what tools to use. It's, it's great to hear the opinion. We work for the fans. We work for uh, the betterment of the Alouettes so that this city and all of its fan base, wherever they are, can enjoy a very successful football team. And that's everything we endeavor to do holistically from the, the from the way we operate business-wise to the way we are on the football field to the way our guys are in the community. Uh, we want the very best for our Alouettes fans, and we're not making decisions to not win and not have the right culture. Uh, but when you're in a situation where the team has not been successful for a number of years, mm-hmm. uh, there are obvious reasons, and sometimes there is uh, they're not as obvious as people think they are. Uh, there are things behind the scenes that you have to work through. There are cultural things that you have to have. Uh, there are paradigms that you have to go through. And uh, it's just amazing that um, uh, the answers that you get sometimes make you feel as if uh, uh, you're not the smartest guy in the world, and, but you have to be focused and, and make certain that you understand that what you're doing is the right thing for the organization presently and for the future and, and not listen to a lot of the noise. All right. Cliff? All right, uh, Kavis, uh, talking about the culture of the, the football team, especially with the coaching staff, uh, everybody was kind of thrown a, a little taken a little, a little taken aback when Khalil Carter was going to be the defensive coordinator for this team, but now has decided he wants to focus on becoming a general manager, and now Rich Stubler takes over uh, as D.C. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about the process of how that sort of came about? Because... Alouette's fans were pretty much excited about Khalil Carter coming in. And even though we've been told it's more or less the same language, uh, now we've got uh, Rich Stuber in as DC. We're, could you just sort of walk us through how that all sort of came about and just how that's impacted the team itself? Yeah, you know, there's been 
it's almost been a seamless transition because the language is the same. Uh, Rich was a mentor of Khalil's. Uh, Rich uh, coached Khalil in Toronto, and uh, they shared uh, very closely similar philosophies. Uh, the playbook is pretty much identical, uh, so there wasn't uh, wasn't a drop off or there wasn't any paradigm that the players had to experience based on language and based on scheme philosophies. Uh, so that was uh, a smooth uh, transition in itself. Uh, Rich historically has done a tremendous job with defenses. Uh, historically, his defenses keep points down. Historically, his defenses show aggression and keep offenses off balance. Uh, so we're very pleased to have Rich in, in that chair. Uh, Khalil, the decision uh, to allow him to transition into a different role was something that we deliberated on for several weeks. It wasn't something that was decided overnight. Um, we believe in family first in this organization. And when you say those things, you have to live by those things. And uh, we've been very vigilant about making certain we keep our word to make certain the culture stay the same. So uh, Khalil made a decision for his family, despite what uh, anyone else was saying, all the other noise around it. Uh, this organization supports it from top to bottom, and he's been a functional and contributed part of our organization from a scouting perspective already. Hmm. All right. And that really is my next question. As far as uh, scouting goes, um, from what you've seen so far in training camp, uh, I noticed that uh, a couple of guys are going to be sent back to school, which is great. But uh, of of this year's draft class, uh, who has, in your opinion, really stood out and really proven that they belong on this team? Yeah, you know, right now we have six of our draft picks from this year still on the roster. And uh, we were mightily impressed by a lot of guys. Nikita Richmond, the eighth-round draft pick, is... Uh, the coaches are fighting very hard to keep him around because he's done nothing but uh, show professionalism and tremendous upside. Um, there are times I had to take a second look to realize that he uh, came from a, a CIS school. Uh, you would have thought that kid was down somewhere in the Southeastern Conference in some instances in practice. He is a competitor, and um, we're, we're really, really, really high on him. Uh, Bo Banner, uh, his practices were a little bit unsteady in the beginning uh, as he got used to it. Uh, Gains some different weights, then we get weight, and then we got him in the preseason game and he turned it on, and he was a, a tremendous surprise. We knew he had the talent, but we didn't think that we would see it as fast as we did, and we saw it on display last week. Um, uh, uh, Mr. Pelan, we drafted him to be a special team standout. Uh, he's already made his mark on special team. So I'm very proud of that, and you saw the evidence of what uh, we expected and what we have seen from Ryder Stone. Uh, so overall, the draft class has been very good for us so far, and uh, we're very pleased uh, by that. But strategically, we would like to send a number of our guys back to school so that there's always uh, always an influx of national talent coming into, uh, into the New Year's. Now, do you happen to find out, Kavis, with the with the shorter turnaround this off season, that it made anything else harder? I mean, if you were commissioner for a day, I mean, would you would you go ahead and extend the preseason by another game? Would you would you start it earlier? Would you start because because as we you know as we saw that a lot of the teams in the CFL had some issues too, and but it's you know everybody started basically at the same time. But uh, would there have been anything that you would have changed if if you could? Oh, you said it that way. Uh, everyone's working with the same situation. So um, football is a game of adjustment. And in game, uh, during season, uh, during off season, uh, uh, there's a reason why the season has been moved up. Uh, we all support and agree with the reason. Um, whenever there's a change in terms of the norm, there are going to be things that you have to work through. But uh, there's nothing that I can see that really has impaired our ability to be ready for week number one. Okay. You can't tell me that you wish you were commissioner for a day, though, right? <laughs> no, I, I find it hard enough to be GM with all the text messages and phone calls and emails and all those things. So uh, I can only imagine what he's going through when he has nine teams to, to look after. I can imagine. Now, <laughs> you talk about text messages and stuff like that. Is it something, do you stay away from social media during the regular season? Or, or do, you, do you, like some players are just completely block it out. Some peop, some players like to, to really talk on social media. Being in the upper management, do you is it something you just completely stay away with so you can center on the team the entire season? 
Yeah, a, a lot of people in my life uh, are very disappointed and upset that I'm social media adverse. Uh, you know, I, 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 when you're in a position of decision making, you need to stay away from the noise. And uh, this is an instant society, and, and it's, uh, it can be very noisy. Uh, what we're trying to construct here and what we're trying to establish, it requires a lot of attention and you can easily get distracted in those mediums. And I, I choose, I've chosen all my life to stay away from it. I'm social media first. That's okay. It's, I know some people are like, forget it. I, I don't even want to bother with it. We did notice, by the way, today that there was a, a slight modification in the in the roster because the Alouettes did have to pick up Jeff Matthews um, c- because it looks like uh, Matthew Schultz may be sidelined for a couple of weeks. Um, being this late, especially now that your roster had to have been set, how tough was it that you had to go out there and get somebody like Matthews immediately when you had the opportunity, so we were told, had the opportunity to pick up another former Alouette that we uh, that that has seemed to have been on the trading block recently? No, and Jeff has been someone since he came into the, the league from Cornell. Uh, that I've watched and uh, really said, you know, there's something there. Uh, we are in a, a situation where we really feel strongly about the young talent we have at the quarterback position. Uh, we feel strongly uh, in the quarterback we have in Drew Williams, but with Matt being down, uh, we feel also that we need a veteran backup that understands the CFL and being able to navigate us through uh, in case something happens to Drew. So mm-hmm. uh, we feel that that was a very good acquisition. Uh, someone, as soon as he was released from Toronto, we, we immediately had contact with and kept in contact with uh, just in case an opportunity presented itself. And uh, expect good things from Jeff in that position and expect that he's going to compete hard to, to um, move up on the depth chart. Was the Vernon Adams uh, thing just all hype, by the way, Cavis? Yeah, uh, you know, every day... GMs make phone calls to other GMs okay. and inquire and, and, and kick tires. So the names that are discussed in a day are <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, a lot. Yeah. And, uh, sometimes uh, uh, some names get out there and make headlines and, and the others don't. But um, yeah, uh, we had conversations. Uh, we had conversations about a number of other players as well. Okay. Okay. Um, I know you don't want to necessarily name names on people, but uh, if we were to give you kind of free reign here, um, who should Alouette's fans really be looking to break out this year, in your opinion? You know, we, <laughs> again, <laughs> we expect a lot from our guys, but BJ Cunningham, is, uh, he's had an outstanding uh, training camp prior to the minor injury that he suffered uh, in the Ottawa game. Uh, he's been tremendous. Uh, I'm extremely strong. And last year, I kept uh, saying to people, uh, "Watch this kid, Team Lewis, uh, number 87." Uh, the young man just having an ability to make the difficult catches uh, in traffic. He's fearless. Uh, his hands are confident ones, and uh, he's not a four-three guy, but he finds a way of, of getting open. Uh, so very strong on watching him as 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 a receiver and his maturation because of what he's done in the practice roster in the one game uh, that he showed the glimpses of. Uh, he may not be the starter right now, but uh, defense back Najee Murray uh, had an outstanding preseason. Number fifteen had an outstanding preseason. Uh, we feel very strongly about him. Uh, someone that we've always talked about in terms of his potential, but because of nagging injuries and other setbacks. I didn't have an opportunity, but Chris Hackey is showing in the preseason that he can play uh, the will linebacker position at a very high level. Uh, we expect extremely high things, from, uh, good things from him, and uh, someone to watch. And hopefully, if uh, injury uh, doesn't creep in, uh, I'm expecting uh, an all-star year from him. Excellent. All right, and um, let's talk a little bit about you. Like, yeah, you know, you've been you've been the special teams coach here, and I have to ask, what are you liking so far out of what you've seen? I know it's a small sample size, but what Mickey Donovan has brought to the LOS for special teams, what are your thoughts on that so far? Yeah, I, that was one of the more important hires that we made during this offseason. Uh, the young man brings the kind of intense preparation that you need uh, usually admitted that this is not a bias. <laughs> it's usually admitted that it's overlooked until things go wrong. Uh, what we've seen in the preseason is the guys are prepared. They're technically well-versed. And he is technically sound. 
town and it's teaching and he knows how to motivate guys and he knows exactly what he wants. And more importantly, having been a head coach, he understands how to manage the game and the special teams coordinators very, very uh, influential in game management because field position is, is a, a big part of the special team unit. So I'm very pleased with him. I think that young man has an extraordinarily high ceiling as a coach in the CFL and the players are responding to him exceptionally well. Now, let's, we don't have much time to yourself, being it is now football season, but we want to know about Cavis outside of football, if, if we could. What, what do you try to do? You know, you're coming home, not game day, but what do you try to do to, to wind down? What do you do? Uh, video games, music, television, t- t- TV shows? What, what do you do to, to, try to try to get the stress away of the day that you just had? You know, I, I I don't like when head coaches, GMs, and others talk about how long the day are. It is very difficult uh, for me to uh, to have uh, a recreation. Football is is very difficult. Uh, the, the best I can do is about one or two o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, watch something mindless on Netflix, so that I can get my mind to hopefully shut down for a few hours. But right. uh, I'm not that guy that's going to try to say you work 24/7. But the mind really doesn't turn off uh, when it comes to football, and uh, I, I find it very difficult. But ever so often, I will watch old television shows. I, I'm just I, I can't get into the modern stuff, and right. uh, you get on Netflix and you can watch the old Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so is it, is it fair to say that Star Trek is your guilty pleasure, or do you have another guilty pleasure? <laughs> yeah. I, to, I would be fair to say that Star Trek, Bonanza, Gunsmoke, okay. those things are, are my guilty pleasure. I, I refuse to, to get out of the 60s and 70s in terms of television. Okay. <laughs> Wow, he's, he likes the classics. That's great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, what about w- w- a watering hole or, or favorite place to go eat? Because as you know, and everybody knows who's been in Montreal, even a year, because we know the players talk about it all the time. Um, well, what's what does Cavus want to do? Where does he want to go eat uh, if he could all the time? Where would he go in Montreal? What, what's your favorite guilty pleasure in Montreal? I guess we're saying. Uh, finding a hot dog place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And I, I have to try to get out of that because it's totally unhealthy. But uh, I just find that uh, during a hard day, just having a hot dog and, and uh, just watching it and tasting uh, the, the, all the different things you can put on it, uh, you know it's not good for you, but it tastes so good going down. So uh, it, it is, but I'm really trying to get myself weaned from, from that guilty pleasure. Did you uh, did you ever get used to or uh, get used to the taste of puts in or did you something you were like first time was like ah no yeah I tried it one time uh, in the four years I've been here and uh, it's really uh, the one time I tried it I knew right away I have an addictive personality so mm-hmm. I knew right away that I had to stay away from it <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew right away uh, that's that's not. That would not be a guilty pleasure. That would be a cardiac arrest. <laughs> Can confirm. I've I've had many a putsin, and you're absolutely right. It's yes. it's one of those things you yeah. you dive into, and you instantly regret it. But it's so good in the process. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's like having guys it's like having a putsin for dinner, and then having Krispy Kreme for dessert. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, tastes good going down, but man, the guilt afterwards. <laughs> Well, we won't keep you too much longer, Kavis, yeah. but uh, I just want what, so to – what's the one thing you want Alouette's fans to realize as the season gets started this Saturday in BC? That this football team has really uh, worked very hard. Uh, the coaches, uh, everyone in your organization to really give our fan base a, a product that they can be proud of. Uh, having been here now in a coaching capacity and in a GM capacity, I realize and know the passion of the Montreal LOS fans and um, the expectation should be high for us. And we expect to, to get things on the field and get things in the community. And, and we're going to work and not leave any stone unturned to, to try to put the best product on the field that we can make our fans proud and bring them back to the stadium and be able to enjoy good football in a very good environment uh, with a lot of very good production going on. Our business department and marketing department has done a fantastic job during the off season 
they've had a very intense offseason as well. So the entire organization, from ownership to uh, to president to the coaches, uh, scouts, everyone's working very hard to bring it back so that we can have that stadium rocking the, uh, the nine, hopefully ten games that we're going to have here this season. Uh, oh. like, yeah, it sounds like you guys have been going. Just like the the uh, the, the organization slogan this year, uh, toujours game, right? <laughs> Always game. Always looking forward to uh, being prepared and being ready and, and having an exciting product on the field. Excellent. Well, Kavis, we can't thank you enough for joining us. Uh, Alouettes Nation definitely appreciates hearing from you, and uh, you're definitely always more than welcome to come back onto the Alouettes Flight Deck anytime you want. So thank you once again for joining us, and uh, all the best for this season. Thank you guys for having me on, and uh, I appreciate the message you spread about the Montreal Alouettes. What a, what a huge surprise in being able to get Kavis on such short notice on the show tonight. Uh, we greatly appreciate his time, obviously. The gentleman seems to be very, very busy. Very busy. Oh, you know, they they say, uh, you know, money doesn't sleep, and Cavus uh, was money tonight for us. And once again, we thank him so much for joining us here on the Alouettes Flight Deck. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, listen, you want to know where things are going with this organization? I mean, this is the guy you have to talk to, right? So... Yeah. Uh, listen, it, as far as where things are going right now, uh, like you said, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but uh, there's a lot to like with this football team. So you may as well get in on the ground floor, folks. That's that's all I got to say. Buy the ticket. Buy your tickets now. Call the nearest Alouette's ticket office. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about this week, Cliff. Uh, unless there's anything else that you uh, have in mind that you want to want to talk about. Um a, a daunting task uh, for the Alouettes to, to open up at BC for the regular season. It's it's really a a tough task. I mean, you know, being an Eastern team, you know, I heard something that this past week where you know Coach Sherman was saying on the on the press conference uh, on Saturday that they're trying to get the team set up and get their schedules as if they are you know on the uh, you know on for the for the for the Pacific Time Zone. Um, I don't know what he tries to entail to think that, you know, that, that we're going to, that the team will go and be able to, to buy into it. You know what I mean? Cause it's, uh, it's, it's something has to be done either way, because as I said, you're, you're starting off on the road, on the road in BC, a very, a place that you have not done well at all, at all in, in the past, you know, 13 years. What else, what else can this team, what else can this team do in order to, well, I think the one thing that we have to think about more than anything else, and this is something that has been a constant theme throughout training camp. Every player that I've spoken with, the one thing they talk about more than anything else is energy. This team, the, the locker room has a great energy. These guys want to play with each other. They want to play for each other. They want to be a family. And I think maybe this is what Coach Sherman is trying to develop is that sort of family environment, that atmosphere, that mindset that – we are in this together. It's us versus the world. And maybe by doing stuff like this, like trying to get them in that mindset of start thinking about being on the West Coast. Right. If they're all on the same page on here, that can only bode well. I think that's something that uh, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily think about or they would just automatically assume like we kind of do that. Well, the Alouettes are going out to BC. They're going to lose this game. Well, no, that's obviously not the mindset you want to go out there with. And I can see that the players – don't want to go into that mindset. They don't want to start thinking like that. And the coaching staff surely doesn't want them thinking like that either. So perhaps by doing something like this, just sort of change things up a little bit, yeah. get them thinking differently altogether. Then you can't focus on things like, well, we always lose every time we go out to BC. Like, no, you're going out there to play a football game. You're going out there to work. And your goal at the end of the day is to come home, hopefully with a W. And I'm so, sure, I'm sure drag going charter too now. will be, I think will be a little bit of a difference for the, for this team. Um, you know, charter compared to going like like everybody else can make can make a huge difference. I'm sure because you're you're in your and you're gone. You know what I mean? Head back home or however they're going to do it. By the way, Cliff, this will be the fourth time in Alouette's team history that they have opened with BC as a season opener, but it's only the second time that they will open the season at BC. The last time that the Alouettes opened up at BC Cliff was back in 1981 wow so it's been a long time since they've opened on the road at bc that that's that's 
I mean, I mean, what was it? What was the one year where the Alouettes started off? Because there was the they were just getting Molson finished up. They started off with four straight games on the road, and the most, and I think all four were out west. Oh gosh, yeah. Uh, was that a two? Was, the, that, was that 2011? Was that 2011? Uh, 2010 or 2011? Something like that. Because I know I know Tressman's one of them. One of the ones for 2011, and then Don Matthews was uh, 2002. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. By the way, currently Cliff Five Dimes currently has the Alouettes as a seven and a half point underdog. And I don't know. You know, over under is tough. Over under is tough to choose when it when it comes to uh, opening games of the year. Uh, over under is forty nine points. But like I said, to, to me, is it fair to say that this is? Can you? I would just call this another preseason game, even though this game really counts. Yeah, and I think that's how you have to sort of look at it too, as a fan. Is that yes, the roster is set up for both teams. You pretty much know who's going to be in the lineup. You don't know exactly how it's going to work. So. And I don't think the players truly know either because, you, again, even though you, most of the starters played that first half against Hamilton this past Saturday, they still have to establish that rhythm. They still have to get into that that thought of, okay, these are the guys I'm going to be lining up with day in and day out, week after week. So we've got to get that chemistry established. Even though they said that the, the locker room has a great chemistry, that's that's fantastic. But the games aren't played in the locker room. No, they're they're played on the field. So you got to establish that on-field chemistry as well. Uh, so to me, that's, that's part of the fun. You're absolutely right. You have to sort of look at this as another preseason game, which unfortunately does count in the standings. But uh, again, I just want the Alouettes to establish themselves right away. I just want them to start developing that identity and becoming that team that everybody expects them almost not to be because again all the haters all the uh all the pundits online and everything like that again they're, they're predicting the worst for the alouettes and quite frankly i'm all for it i i hope they think the worst because i'm just gonna let the chips fall where they may as far as this team goes i've i've said my piece as to where i think this team is going to go and at the end of the day all i care about is this team this alouettes franchise building towards something better I have kept my expectations low for 2018. I, I'd rather be pleasantly surprised going in with no expectations of grandeur or anything like that. I just want to see good, honest football. And I want to see this team get better every single day. I think for Alouettes fans, that's what you should truly be hoping for above all else. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I agree. It's, and pro- I will probably go away from my usual... Uh, my usual way i uh, i do things for for alouette games in bc and i will watch this game <laughs> just just grab a cup of coffee to stay up late and uh yeah grab a cup of coffee watch it on tv watch it on the new tsn what is it what is it called it's not tsn now that's Sportsnet. What what is their new streaming service called uh tsn direct tsn direct at yeah, tsn direct why not does does the tsn direct thing have 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 PVR capabilities now? I don't. I don't know if uh, that question has been answered. Do you know? I do not know. If anyone from TSN is listening, feel free to uh, let us know uh, up on social media and whatnot, so we can spread the word. Because it sounds pretty awesome. If you're, especially if you're a cord cutter, mm-hmm. uh, and you still want to get your your football fixed, this is the way to do it. Yeah. Now, the one thing I, I do wish that we had asked Cavis is how long that Matthew Schiltz will be out. Um, it doesn't state it in the actual tr- um, press release that the Alouettes released while we were doing the while we were doing the interview with Cavis, um, where it announces Jeff Matthews. Um, I- I'm curious to see where he will be he'll, where he will be on the depth chart. See, I understand we just picked him up. Does he have any? He doesn't have any hi- former history with uh, with Coach Sherman, as far as I know. I don't see it. So, well, I guess we'll find out if he's going to be number two or number three. But from yep. from what Cavis, what Cavis said, he's going to be number two with Pipkin. I would imagine Pipkin is three. Yeah. No, I guess. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, don't forget training or uh, training camp or not training camp, but practice is now well underway. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's going to tell the tale more than anything else. Uh, the work that was done today or you know the, this week, as far as this team gets ready to go out to BC, I think uh, that'll definitely tell the tale. Now that we've got uh, Jeff Matthews in the fold. Uh, be interesting to see just how quickly he can pick up the offense, uh, and uh, will he get any playing time or anything like that? I guess uh, time will tell for sure. But 
you know what? From what I saw of Drew Willie this past Saturday, like I said, was not outstanding by any stretch. But he's going to keep us in games, I think, this year. I think he'll do fine. I know that uh, Alouette's owner, Andrew Wettenhall, was very was lavishing quite a bit of praise on him. Yes. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I'd go so far as to call him great, but let's see what he can do. Maybe he will astound us. I'm, again, I can't say this enough that I think Drew Lee is a fine quarterback. He does what he needs to do, but not outstanding. And perhaps at this venture, we don't necessarily need outstanding. We just need someone who's not going to lose us games. Mm -hmm. I think, again, if we keep our expectations at a realistic level as far as where this team goes, I think we just may end up being pleasantly surprised. At least that's my hope anyways. Yeah. So what's your, one thing we haven't talked since uh, before we talk about how we think the Owls will finish the season. Um, we haven't been able to really talk about the, the, the team's new, um, uh, the, the new thing they're trying this year when it comes to the promotion with the changing of the helmets for the past, for the next four months. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out that the along with the you know the earn, the earn your wings uh, monkier for 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 uh, training camp uh, the owls for the next four months well next three months will be using a, a different helmet uh, they'll be using one uh, this month for the nicest thing is 1946 team so the one with the red wings then it's going to mm-hmm. be going to the French horn for for July. And then they're going to be going to the uh, the Delta for August, and then in September through the rest of the year, they're going to be switching back to the logo that we've known ever since the Owls came back in 1996. Um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how they are going to match. Now, obviously, the me as a lover of uniforms and that type of thing, because I'm a giant I'm a giant nerd about that. I would love to see them come out with throwback uniforms like they did when the league did that a few, you know, uh, a few years back, having a, a different throwback uniform. I think it would be pretty neat for them to, to be able to, to come out with that. So, so they, they at least match because the reds don't match. Mm-hmm. The reds don't match from, the, from that 1946 team to the current maroon color that we have now. So I'm curious to know what they're yeah. going to do. And we, green? Remember, there's green with the, with the Delta. Uh, sorry, with the, uh, with the French horn helmet. Yeah, that's... Uh... So unless there's, they're planning to do like a modern take on it, like just sort of keep that retro look, but sort of just modernize it, like you said, with the the current color scheme, which is feasible as well. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see how it's going to look. Uh, again, it's, if, if I wasn't already excited to see an actual football game this yeah. Saturday, if only to see how, these, how this uh, Earn Your Wings lo- uh, logo helmet thing is going to look... Mm-hmm. That's what I'm really curious about more than anything else is just how it's going to look aesthetically. Uh, I, I guess we'll see, but uh, I, I definitely think it's a very cool nod to sort of pay homage to the history of the Alouettes. And as uh, uh, Alouettes alumni president uh, Itzambule talked about in that promotional video is in order to go forward, you have to sometimes take a step back and go yeah. back to your roots, yeah. which I thought was very poignant when you think about it. I, I, I'm really curious to see how fans are going to react to seeing like the old, st- the old school helmets, like the style, and just listen, pairing it with the current uniform. I, I, I'm really curious to see how it's going to look. I mean, I, if you keep everything as uh, legitimate as possible, I think it could be a really, really cool look. And who knows? Maybe this is part of the eventual rebranding of the Alouettes as far as the logo goes, or just how the team is being portrayed. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really curious to see how it's going to look. And I think fans are going to really react positively to it. I hope so. It, it seems like a pretty neat idea. So I'm curious to see. I'm wondering if they are going to match the color, the red and stuff like that, to the current colors that we have. Because if you look at the logo on their Facebook page and what they've done on Twitter and stuff like that, the red looks, it doesn't look, I don't know how, if it matches completely with what we have, mm-hmm. but I, I, I'm, I'm unsure. I, no, it doesn't. It does not. I'm looking at the, under the their logo here, so it, it's, I think it's that the red color from back then. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And I also mm. I have to ask, before we have our predictions here, what, what, was your, what was your take on having, for the very first time, the outlets having male cheerleaders? Sorry, uh, they're not cheerleaders. They're calling themselves the cheer team this year. 
Yes. What's what's your take? What's your take on that? It's different. I mean, yes, we've seen it. We've seen it in Edmonton. We've seen it in Ottawa. Uh, where else? I think you and I have talked about this before. I'm trying to remember where else. Where else? They, where we've seen it? Uh, yeah. I mean, Edmonton and Ottawa are the two teams that are very prevalent with their cheer team, yeah. both male and female participants. So this is Montreal's first crack at it. So overall, I think it's interesting it, enough. It was I different. mean, it was different. I mean, some of these girls can fly, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're they're uh, tiny. The girls are so tiny. They, they 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 can do their they can do their flips and turns and they can fly. Well, they're alouettes, right? Yeah, alouettes are birds. Birds fly. <laughs> then no, that was no, folks. That was not a setup. That was just totally random. <laughs> that was totally random. And we got the 2018 season. We're coming off of, and we're still within, you know, the the longest losing streak in alouettes team history. We have, and we have to say that because it's true. That's what this current, you know, that's what this current franchise is currently under. Mm-hmm. Um, Going and I know you've made predictions elsewhere and uh, earlier before the preseason ended and what you saw on the field. Going into 2018, Cliff, what do you project as the win total for the Alouettes for 2018? Well, like you said, I've been asked from other people what I think this team's going to do. I've written about it in the alternative, what I think this team is going to do. And Nothing has changed as far as my opinion goes. I firmly believe that this team will not be 3-15 and 15 like they were last season. I think they will be improving. I still think they've got a lot of work to do, and I think that's going to show as well. I think we're going to see some hard-fought wins. I think we're going to see some ugly losses. Uh, but when it's all said and done, I think that I still remain of the belief that this team is going to go 7-11. and 11. Unfortunately, they will not make the playoffs, but... As long as they are building towards something, as long as we see honest-to-goodness growth and uh, an evolution, if you will, of this team getting better, and you see the signs that this team is getting better, I'm perfectly okay with going 7-11 and 11 and not making the playoffs. I don't think we need that kind of pressure. I don't think we need to worry about that, especially as we're trying to reestablish that winning culture, that identity of being the Montreal Alouettes. Mm-hmm. I'm perfectly okay with... This I don't want to say I never want to use the term throwaway season because I don't think it would be a throwaway season, but this team has to get better, and I firmly believe they will get better. I think they've got more than enough talent to do so. I think seven and eleven is a very realistic goal for them to shoot for. I know they're going to tell you obviously that no, their goal is to win the Grey Cup, and I get that one hundred percent. Yeah, but I think as as a fan, well, a supporter, you, you go in, you go in saying, "Well, we're going to go seven and eleven. You're, you're already you're already defeated yourself." Exactly. Yeah. But I'm just saying, uh, just going based on a realistic standpoint, I think for Alouette's fans, if this team could do that, if they can just prove that they're sh- they're building towards something, that they're just getting better and not just sort of going through the motions and dealing with you know all the garbage of the past, that they've turned over New Leaf and they're looking to build towards something better, I think as a, as a fan base, we can be happy with not necessarily making the playoffs, provided that something's there. And I think that's that's what this Alouette's organization needs to be focusing on is getting better and staying better and just building towards something, building towards that championship format again. Right. I, I really think that's something that is doable this year. And I sincerely hope that that's what they're aiming for is to just just be better. That's all we can really ask for is just be better than last year right. and keep going forward. I, I think uh, looking at the way that the rosters and teams are currently – I know a lot of people are looking at the at the West as being really, really weird this year and really, really wild just by, you know, what we've seen happen uh, recently. And, you know, with the rosters and stuff like that, um, I can honestly I, I think I can see the Alouettes winning three to four games in the West. And as far as the East, goes, the East is a little bit. Too, East is a strange cookie this year specifically, um, you know, because you really don't know. You really don't know what to expect. You know, for, you know, with the quarterbacks, they're known quarterbacks. Um, I think the Alouettes can win four, maybe five games in the in the East this year. So I'm I'm almost on par with what you're saying. I'm saying anywhere between seven to eight wins. Um, playoffs? I don't know. I, I I honestly I would like it. I can't look that. I can't. I really can't look that far ahead, Cliff. Because I, you know, like all fans, I'm just centered on getting the wins. Let's get the mm-hmm. wins, and then from there, 
let's see what let's see what uh let's see what happens come november yeah let's not forget this time last year everybody was saying it was going to be hamilton calgary hamilton calgary as far as the great cup goes mm-hmm. uh toronto was in disarray mm-hmm. going into the season mm-hmm. and look what happened look what happened in the east now here's a question. Do you see the East being as weak as it has been the past two years? Are we gonna find are we gonna have a division winner that has a, an over five hundred record? I think you will see that. Even if it, I really even, yeah, you think it'll be ten wins or more? Because I, I could see I, a ten I could see somebody winning ten games and, and winning the division. I think that too. I I think that's entirely possible. I, I think if you were to ask me right away, I would say that uh, well Toronto is a lock because of how they've pretty much rebuilt themselves mm-hmm. uh you never go i would never ever bet against jim pop when it comes to putting together a championship organization and he proved himself mm-hmm. like he like he tends to do yeah so I, I definitely see toronto being one of those teams that can be uh I, I won't say outstanding per se but they'll definitely be stronger and competitive and i could definitely see them winning 10 plus games this year wow yeah, because he he went in. They, I will admit, Toronto last year was not the best circumstances at all, and look what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think for us, you know, right now, every with everybody, mostly most teams, it's going to be with all the changes at quarterback. I mean, it's it's very interesting. I mean, you have Saskatchewan, uh, you know, Saskatchewan's head coach who won't even say who he's going to start because he quote unquote does. And this is what I read this today: doesn't want to give it away. Why should he give it away? Mm-hmm. That to me says. You know that that would, as a Saskatchewan Rough Rider fan, I would be worried. <laughs> Whether you got Zach Caleros or not, you have to decide on which Zach Caleros you're going to get. So, yeah, and I think that's going to be key right there is which Zach Caleros is going to be playing because yeah, when he's healthy, he's definitely an MOP candidate. Uh, but ever since that injury, like he's still. Let's not forget he went. He did not win a game last year. No, he's, he's, he's in Hamilton. His last eleven. So I. I mean, it sounds exciting to have Zach Claros, and believe me, if he can find his form and get back to being that the Zach Claros of old, yeah, then be very excited, Saskatchewan. But if he doesn't, then well, you've got Brandon Bridge, who I still am a firm believer in. I still think he can. I I, I personally believe in him, but does Chris Jones believe in him? Mm-hmm. And the fact that he went out and got Zach Claros tells me that maybe he's still not quite convinced, even after about two years of having him in in the fold. That's uh, that's very telling right there, I think. Yeah. No, it's and, – and I know we usually don't talk much about the other divisions and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's That's what I'm saying. A lot of people are saying it's going to be the, wheel, or the weird, weird Wild West this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes the that, – that's what make, can make the East all more dangerous. It's weird to say that, but, I mean, it's uh, you know, from a division that has had – the last two division winners have been the 500, 500 and then one was below 500. So it's it's weird to say. I mean, but sometimes there has to be a shift in the paradigm where maybe the East, the East will look better than the West. I don't know. It, it long way to go. Long way to go, dude. I mean, I think, oh, yeah. I think last year both of us predicted the Owls to be nine and nine, if I remember correctly. So and we were way yep. off. Way off. Way off. But uh, you know, new season brings a new beginning, and I think the first thing we need to do is that's the Owls need to get that very first win, start a new streak, and go from there yeah and again even if they don't get the win as long as they they put in as long as they make it clear to everybody that they're not these pushovers that everybody's expecting to be everybody's already written off the alouettes for this year that's fine mm. i say let them and if i'm the players i'm just like you know what don't, don't even try to use that as motivation it's like you know what that's fine you you do you we're gonna do us and we're just gonna go out and we're gonna play the the, the kind of football we know we can play and if that generates wins, so much the better. And I really think it will. I really think this this team, the energy around this team is there. I think they they truly believe in themselves, and I think it's going to show on the football field. I really think that this team is going to be a vast improvement over what we saw last year, which, again, is not going to take much to improve on, but I'm very encouraged with what I've seen so far, and I know it's going to come together. It's just... Consistency. Consistency. Yep. Yeah, and patience. Like pe- fans are just gonna have to be patient. They're, this team is not gonna win eighteen games in a row. Mm-hmm. It's just not gonna happen. But I think you're gonna still see some very exciting football. I still think there's a lot of talented players on this team that, that are just gonna shine. And 
I just can't wait to get this season officially underway. Exactly. Thank God it's only uh, only a couple more days to go, but still, I'm I'm really excited to to get this season going. Yeah, yeah, everything with the whole new Thursday night package for for the CFL and stuff like that. This should be fun. This should really should be fun. Do not forget, by the way, we are on social media, multiple places. You can find us. Uh, we are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. Both that that is uh, at Alouette's Flight Deck, and for Twitter, it is. Uh, uh, Al- Alouette's FL Deck. And do not forget, Cliff, you can't forget this one. The, you can find us now easier on the web. And Cliff, how can you do that? What website do you go to? Very simple. Simple as pie. www.alouette'sflightdeck.ca From there you can have all our entire history of 50 plus shows from the Alouette's Flight Deck. Dating back, is it two years, by the way? Uh, it came across and when I was looking. I don't know if you noticed it. We were, we just celebrated our our anniversary, uh, for the first time that we we broadcast. So oh yeah, yeah. So it's uh, you know fifty fifty now fifty one shows in. Uh, hey, uh, above and beyond, up up and oh. away. Yes, onwards onwards and upwards. Yes. So let's get this season started. Enjoy it. Remember, it starts on Thursday. The Alouettes game will be on uh, late on Saturday evening. Enjoy it. It's the new beginning for the 2018 Montreal Alouettes. Just stay hopeful. My fingers are crossed. Both my fingers are crossed. So for everybody here at Alouettes Flight Deck, for Cliff, I'm Tim. We're on Final Approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.